With a deep background in finance, you could easily say Shana Shoemate was set in the world of monetary number crunching. Until she wasn't. The climb to the top feels so good when you get there. Is it just us? Or can it feel lonely sometimes, even when you're successful? And who defines success anyway? What about life's twists and turns? We've learned a few things along the way, and we're ditching the culture of competitiveness. Bringing together women from different backgrounds to share their stories. Let's do this together. Welcome to Think Tank of Three podcast. Hi, this is Rishia Candidate Kapasuris, here with Julie Holton and Audrea Fink. We are your Think Tank of Three. Today's guest, like many people, felt that her path was off-center. She needed to reassert legitimate balance into her world. What led Shana to not just toss the calculator to the side, but do a complete 180 in determining the next healthy step necessary to find her life center? Shana, thank you so much for taking the time to join the Think Tank of Three. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I am so glad to join you today. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your time. Shana's a very good friend of mine, has done great things in helping to calm the minds and the spirit. So this will be a very good uh, moment of Zen, I think, for, for people. Uh, Bachelor of Science in Finance from the Ohio State University, Fidelity, Deloitte & Touche. To say you were established in your career with numbers, pretty obvious. What was that world, that particular world like for you? Well, in a nutshell, it was tedious, fast paced and busy. That's the best way I can describe it. You know, it's very competitive. I come from a family of um, entrepreneurs, both of my family owned businesses growing up. So I was just engulfed in business, no matter if I liked it or not, (laughs) it was around me at all times. So that definitely um, led me to my career in finance. And I wanted to eventually go in and establish myself within my career and become a certified financial planner and with a specific focus on working with women, because I felt like that was a need, women in business, women with their finances. I just always felt very passionate about that. So that was the plan. You mentioned specific to women, which I think is awesome because it seems in all career facets, no matter what it is, it seems about men. What differences did you see when it comes to how a woman is developing in this field versus a man? Or honestly, is there a difference? It's just, you need to just focus on women. No, I mean, I think there there have been improvements, but I definitely think things have been geared towards men. And watching my mom, my mom was um, divorced. So my mom was running her business by herself and seeing some of the pitfalls and some of maybe the knowledge she didn't have as a business owner. And where were those resources coming from? Where would she learn how to handle the taxes or how is she going to get capital if she needed for her business? So I, I mean, I definitely think the world is changing for the better. Um, We are definitely focusing a lot more, but at that time, I don't want to tell my age, but um, at that time, you know, maybe that wasn't the focus. And so that was my goal. That was my intent. I love this theme of women empowering women. That seems like that was something that really drove you when you were in that career space. But then you made a move. And it sounds to me like you made a move that was all about empowering you because you went from finance to the wellness industry. And that's a really big shift. Tell us about that. What what prompted you? What took you from finance to wellness? 
Well, I was very successful in the business world. I didn't have to leave, but I wasn't fulfilled. And I didn't think I was following my true passion. What was really unique about at that time, I was dating a guy who would soon become my husband, (laughs) John. And um, he lived in Florida. I lived in Ohio. He was very helpful in talking with me about, you know, what do you want to do? Because at some point, if one person lives in Florida, one person lives in Ohio, somebody's got to make the move. And and so was that going to be if I moved, would I pursue finance again? Well, I was kind of unhappy. I was starting to have those feelings inside of me and just starting to open up and explore one thing in growing up. I've always gravitated towards wellness. It's probably just in my human nature. So it's not surprising that I got into the wellness industry. My mom was very into nutrition. And I mean, she was a fabulous mom as far as making sure we exercised and we released and always talked about things. So I think I always had that in the back of my head that I could still do something I like business-wise, and we can discuss that later, but I can be in an area at least that I would prefer versus the long hours. Because in finance, it's a lot of how's the market doing. So in the financial world, like I mentioned before, it's very fast paced. Uh, When I worked as a trading broker, you know, you're, you're processing trades, but I wasn't getting the satisfaction I needed. The same thing with Deloitte, great company that I work for. I really enjoyed it. I really did well, but really it was just number crunching. And I just did not see day in and day out um, being fulfilled. Did you struggle at all in being in a large company feeling like you were a cog in the wheel? There was only so much you could do to impact the company? Or did, did, did you feel more like this just, no matter what you did, this just wasn't going to be the thing that got you up in the morning? Probably the latter. I got to the point because I, I could, I was definitely successful. My last business career was at Deloitte and Touche and I was successful. I was, you know, being um, recognized. And, but at the end of the day, waking up, I was not happy. I remember telling someone I would um, be on the highway driving and I'm like going so slow on the highway. (laughs) People are passing me by and I was like, something's got to give. This is not right. Something is telling me why am I driving to this place every day? I don't want to be here anymore, even though I was good at it. So that was something within myself. I think that's something that resonates with so many women. Mm-hmm. We're just because we're good at something, it doesn't necessarily mean that that something is going to fulfill us. I know I felt that way for a number of years where I just got to this kind of burnout stage where I was good at what I was doing, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And it can be really hard to kind of break out of those shackles. Uh, I mean, I think sometimes it's easier to keep going to that job day after day because you're there. And so like breaking out of that comfort zone can be really hard. What helped guide you to be able to make that decision to say, you know what, I'm going to do something else. Well, like I mentioned earlier, it was at a point me and my relationship with my then boyfriend, John that someone would be making the move. Would he move back to Ohio? He happened to be finishing grad school. So that was not a possibility. And then it became, am I ready to leave? And I was raised, born an Ohio State Buckeye. I went to college in Ohio. So everything was Ohio. 
And I dug deep and said, you know what, it's time for a change. So I think that was instrumental in having that flexibility. And then, then obviously I had to, um, there, was, there wasn't an opportunity to transfer with Deloitte into Florida. So I had to make a call at that point. And that's when I decided, hey, I'm going to go back to school. And I went back to school for um, my esthetician license. How did you feel after you made that choice? So you're, you're back in school, you're in Florida, you've never been, you're living with your boyfriend, like you sort of li- let go of this big successful career and, and took a path into the unknown. How did that feel? It's really interesting. It actually felt good. <laughs> Maybe because I was finally listening to myself. Maybe because I found what truly makes me happy. And, and believe you me, the thought of going back to school, because I remember when I got my bachelor's and my family would say, okay, now you got to go and get your master's. And I'm like, oh my God, if I have to go back to school, <laughs> I, I did not want to do that. But, and just seeing that um, this was a totally different setup than the traditional college. This was more of a trade school and, you know, it didn't have the same rules, you know, um, so it was a lot more fun than what I thought. What, uh, so you go, you go back to school now to get this, this new license to focus in on, on your, your new career. What's the next step from there? The next step from there was basically getting into practice. Where would I go? Would I go work on my own, which is not really advised when you are starting out. So I began working actually at a front desk of a spa. And it's sometimes it's really hard to be, get the practical experience first. So they would normally have you, you know, get some front desk experience to see how things work. So I worked the front desk. Um, obviously, my business skills came in handy again. <laughs> so those things um, came back. And then I got into actually doing the actual services. And when I was doing the services, that was totally different. Um, just to be in a room and the music, the smells, the touch, having someone wake up and just, you know, cause they might fall asleep during the service and um, except if it was waxing, <laughs> but um, <laughs> just to see their faces <laughs> and to see like joy. And I felt like, wow, look what I'm giving to someone. So that was truly an, an amazing feeling. I, I just have to, I know I always restate the obvious and Audrey and Risha are probably like, Julie, stop restating the obvious, but I just have to, because, okay, backing up for just a moment, Shana, you were just moments ago describing this incredible career in finance where you were making big moves, doing big things, you know, like what we traditionally think of as like this big career because it was this is what right? success looks like. Yeah. This is how we define success. And then what you're actually saying is you stopped that you, you went out there, you made a major change and you went back to working, you know, what we would consider kind of back to working at a front desk in order to work your way up in a new career path, but you loved every moment of it. You saw joy on the faces of these people that you're working with. And what I'm hearing, like, and I'm watching your face because I can see you as we're recording this. And when you were talking about your career in finance, you know, everything looked fine and normal. And then your face just lit up when you started talking about this career shift. And so I have to just restate the obvious so that our listeners can hear, because I know so many people who feel stuck or Mm -hmm. feel trapped in whatever job or career path they're 
they're in and you don't have to be. And so I just have to restate that because Shana, this is amazing um, to hear how you made that decision and you just immediately started feeling more fulfilled. Well, and I also love that you were not so caught up in your ego that you couldn't work the front desk, that you couldn't learn from the bottom up. I know that I have thought about, you know, totally changing my life and becoming like a dog trainer or something like that. And then I think like, there's no way I'm giving them a paycheck. There's no way I'm going to like be a newbie. So that's, I mean, that's really impressive. I think to not only make a complete shift, but be able to look in the mirror and be like, okay, get over yourself. Like, this is what we have to do to get to the next stage, which is, which is joyful. And you can find joy without being like the top dog in the company. So that's awesome. Can I tell you, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. So what I would like to say, Adria, um, with that is in talking um, about starting from the bottom up, what was really curious, what was really interesting, I should say about that is in that position, starting at the front desk, I had to do manual labor. I had to sweep outside, you know, so how humbling of that experience was for me just, and, and it didn't bother me. That's where I knew I was in the right spot because it didn't bother me. I wasn't like, I'm sweeping the floor outside. You know, we had a storefront and that was part of I had to do manage the finances and other odds and ends, but I was very humbled by that experience and I enjoyed it. I mean, if I talk to my boss to this day, I still keep in contact with her, you know, it was pure joy. (laughs) That's awesome. Where is your, where is your career now with regards to self-care? Are you still doing that on the professional front or have you made another turn? Kind of made another turn when um, the kids came along. So you, you made the decision for your kids to step out of it as a quote career. So then now you need to keep the balance in your life. How do you do that? Well, I think one thing is that with self-care or balance, there are no rules. What my self-care looked like when my boys were first born, because I have twins, is totally different than what it looks like now at the age of nine. So there is, I think, value in just knowing your inner self and finding out what makes you happy, listening to those um listening to yourself, maybe stop and taking the time to do that. Because for me, it could have been taking a nap every day. I need a nap. These kids are wearing me out or I need to go to bed at 1030. Yes, I like to watch TV at night because that's the only time I can watch television or catch up on a show, but maybe sleep is more important or drinking more water. I definitely think when you're in the, the, um, the spa industry, you obviously learn about a lot of wonderful products and you know, the benefits of, of a good diet. Those are all things that are incorporated in the wellness industry. So I think I took a lot of that with me as well and just incorporated it within my life. So I think self-care balance is whatever you make it. For me, it might look different and it's always ever changing. We've talked about sort of this idea of self-care several times on this podcast because we go back and forth between what counts as buying into an industry and what counts as really self-care. And there are times when keeping your butt in bed and resting is actually going to be better for you than going and getting a mani-pedi as much as my toes would prefer the mani-pedi. And so it's a struggle, I think, for us to put a real true label on self-care 
because what it is is so fluid. Sometimes it's staying home and resting. Sometimes it's really being social when you don't want to be social because you actually need human connection at this point. Sometimes it's, this is my least favorite one, it's balancing your budget because you've got to get your house in order. And sometimes it's, you know, going out for a facial or a glass of wine with ladies. And, and those things can both be beneficial and problematic depending on where you're at. And I love hearing someone who spent so much time in the self-care industry saying that that isn't the only way to give self-care. So can you tell us, Shana, what are some of the ways? I mean, first of all, let's back up. Twins, you have twin boys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that obviously affected your Zen in some way, shape or form and the balance that you had in your life prior to having twins. So how do you, um, you shared some of the ways where you find balance now in self-care. What do you recommend for other moms who are really struggling with this, especially maybe moms that were following a big career path like you were, and then made this shift to caring for children? Um, What are some of the ways that you've been able to find your balance? Well, one thing is, um, yes, twins is a big change. And I will say that I didn't have kids before twins. So to me, it is just joyous chaos. That's how I would describe <laughs> when they were born. I was very blessed and very happy to have them, but things definitely looked a little bit different. Um, so I think for me, there was a lot of trial and error. I knew things that worked at newborn stage just for survival. <laughs> and then you get to six month stage and, and then toddler, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing I will say, is that um, there is a group for everything. There is literally a group for everything. If you don't think there, there is one, build it and someone will come. I will always say that. So um, one benefit that I had is I joined a mom of multiples group. And that was amazing because when I wanted to cry, <laughs> when I wanted to give up and say, they're never going to do this. They're never going to hold their bottles. And I'm like holding two bottles at the same time oh, where my arms are tired. Um, they say, oh no, it gets better. And I'm like, it gets better. <laughs> so that was a lifesaver to me. And I, I would encourage anyone that is struggling or doesn't know how to get to self-care or, or just has, needs some help to find a group that's like you, find your tribe. And it is so much different. Mothers of multiples, twins versus like, I have two kids, but I had a five-year gap in between those two kids. And I'm just sitting here thinking about potty training two children at the same time. I, I went through, I thought potty training my son was really easy. Potty training my daughter, literally crying out loud. I think I might've even said to Shana, she's never going to do it. She's going to be the teenager in diapers because she stood at a toilet. I kid (laughs) you not. This is what happened. And this almost broke me. My child, I take her into the bathroom and she's screaming and she doesn't want to do it. And I take off her diaper and I put her on the potty and she gets up and she looks at me and she stands on the floor, hands on her hips, stares me down and pees on the floor she's like there what do you think now why well, i'm just like i'm like this is this is not oh my gosh i don't <laughs> so i can't imagine dealing with that with two boys <laughs> and i only had at that moment in time one child to deal with with the potty training thinking oh this is gonna be so easy because it was so easy with agassi no 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 <laughs> 
no. And like you said, you had one, but you know, it's just, I had no other recollection. I had nothing to go off of where you had something to go off of. Now I do have moms that um, I'm friends with that had one kid and then had twins. And I think it was really hard on them. But for me, it was, like I said, pure chaos. And I just got through it because <laughs> I didn't know any different. <laughs> so many might make the uninformed leap that balance as a stay-at-home mom could be easy, but that would be far from the truth as we have discussed several times. Your husband's career had your family moving pretty frequently. So how did you keep that balance when every couple of years you're picking up your twins and moving your joyful chaos somewhere new? So I think you could say that my experience from leaving my career to changing into the wellness industry to having twins prepared me for moving, if that sounds like it even makes sense. But I think I've pretty much have always had throughout those different life cycles, if you would call it, had a perspective and open mind. And so that's part of what helps me get through when we do have to relocate due to employment for my husband. Because for me, it requires me to be creative. And one thing that um, I need as well is making sure that whenever we have moved that my needs are being met. So it's something we talk to that talk through as a family so that we get to a point where when we are moving, these are the things I need. These are non-negotiable. <laughs> so that's been helpful. So probably I would just say probably my experience. And maybe that's why I've been on this journey that I've been on from leaving this to this to this, because life is always changing anyways, right? It absolutely is. And of course, it's one thing to establish maintaining that balance at home, but there's the world outside of the home that you're contending with. And of course, we are dealing with COVID right now, civil unrest right now political strife. How have you been able to center yourself amongst all of this other stuff with twins with, oh, we might be moving again? Well, I think I've always relied on what's really inside of me. And that's just my balance, my peace, finding that. And you're right with COVID this year, there's been a lot of changes. You know, we're not able to travel and see family for the holidays because we've moved so much. We're not around family right now. So I think for me, what I need in my life, and I know this because I truly think I know myself well, the best is, you know, maybe turning off the TV, maybe going for a walk. So finding things that bring me joy, I, I cannot repeat enough how important that is and how important that's been to get me through the moves, COVID or things that we're dealing with. I think if you have that stability, you're able to weather that storm. Shana, it sounds like you had such an incredible mom growing up who really helped to instill some of these qualities and characteristics in you for this inner peace, for this self-love that just is so apparent as you're talking. And you've been able to make these career changes and, and to move your family as your, as your husband's career has moved you. What, what advice would you give to other women who, especially right now with everything happening in the world, are really searching for that inner peace? Well, I think number one is that it's so important for you to take care of yourself because if you, as a mom, as a woman, 
are not taking care of yourself, you cannot take care of anyone else. You will be of no use if you're not taking care of some. For me, that would be the first thing that I would consider. Am I meeting, you know, what am I missing? Um, what's needed in my life right now? And, and two, there is something about, I think, the energy that we get as women when we come together. So I cannot re, um, state this enough, how, it, how important it is to seek out a group. Yeah. Uh, Risha knows um, I was in Stanford, Connecticut when I did live in the same city as Risha. And uh, we were part of um, a Mocha Moms group. So we didn't see, maybe we wanted our kids to have a, an experience and we built it. So I think that would be another avenue. I think, Shana, it's really interesting, something else that you said before, because as you get, as you can tell from one of the things that Shana Consul says is she knows herself and she knows what she needs. And I think that there was also a balance that you put in there with regards to John with your husband, because I found it so great when you said, when we do these next steps, I lay out, this is what I need. This is what we, this is what has to happen for this to work. And this is what has to happen for me for this to work. And I wonder if women don't do that enough, if they allow change to happen without standing up and saying, we're going, to, if we're gonna be successful, we have to do this together. So this is what I'm going to need in order to make this work. I think you've done that quite beautifully, but you also have a partner who's willing to hear you and go with you there. I would agree. That's been a big part. When you say you stand up and you talk about your needs, which I, I, I'm with you, Rish, I think that's awesome. Talk to us about how you've developed those conversations because I, I've heard, I mean, I don't have this issue because I had no issues telling Colby when he's wrong and when I need something, but not all women are bossy like me. Not <laughs> all women have this strong outgoing I will do whatever the heck I want. I'm a grown ass lady attitude that I have. So, but, but it's important, I think for women who don't just say the first thing that comes to mind with no filter to understand how they have these conversations. How do you talk about your needs? How do you get to know your needs? You know, you made this huge switch from a, a very successful finance career to, you know, wellness industry to stay at home mom who works her butt off with twins to this woman who's like going all over the place with her husband and still, you know who you are, you know what you need. How did you develop that? And how, what advice would you give for other women so that they could do the same? Well, I don't think it's something that happens overnight. I definitely think I have a great partner that I've chosen, how lucky of me. <laughs> and so that's made it a lot easier. First would be internally, what are your needs? Determining what your needs are. And I've been able, I've been, I guess, successful because of all the transitions within my life to be able to understand that. So maybe the understanding piece is first, you have to understand. And then, like I said, taking maybe baby steps um, with your partner or your significant other of how those things are communicated. I love how you also talked about building a community. And that's something that I get the feeling, you know, pretty well, because you've made so many moves in life and you, you know, typically you'll, you'll have your community that follows you wherever you go or is with you wherever you go. But then each place you move, you have to build that community there. And I can totally relate to that. Having made, lived in several States and, and made many moves in my own life. 
And so I think that that's also so important of building that like-minded tribe of people who are going to support you and help you when you're making those tough decisions. I think sometimes as women, especially, we have it in our mind that it is easier just to stay wherever we are, whether that's a career move or whether that's a, a life move, a physical move. And we think it's harder to make a change when sometimes I think it actually would be harder to keep living in a way that doesn't fulfill you. And so I would just encourage women who are listening to hear Shana's advice and how she's been able to make these, whether they were small changes or big changes throughout her life and rely on the people around you, whether it's a partner or this tribe that you build and really look at what's going to fulfill you. And if you're not fulfilled in some way right now, why is that? Is there something you can do about that? Shana, I think that's just been something that that I'm going to take away from this for sure. And I think it's just been so helpful today. Thank you. Shana, we thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing your thoughts. And before we go, uh, we are collecting advice from successful women within our communities and sharing it in our think tank of three forms. So we have our rapid fire questions for you. So question number one. Is there a lesson that you have learned, be it recent or, or in the past, that you wish you had learned earlier in your life? Maybe that in looking back when I um, started my career to follow my passion, I wish I had kind of known that. And I probably still would have majored in finance, but just following your passion and wherever that leads, it may be unconventional, but you'll be much happier. From the lessons that you've learned, what advice would you offer to other women? The main one that I just hold true to is just to take care of yourself because you can't take care of anyone else. So that's my number one thing. I love that. In today's world, what do you think is the most important skill for a woman? I would sum sum it up by just saying self-awareness. Can you share for our listeners, the best way, if they'd like to connect with you to have any questions on self-care, finding that Zen, perhaps even making that transition into a uh, self-care industry, a wellness industry. Well, probably the best way to reach me would be LinkedIn, Shana Shoemade at linkedin.com. I am a pretty private person. I'm one of those folks that have never been on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. So I don't really have the social media aspects going on. Um, So that's probably the best way to reach out. Yeah, but that's also why there is a calm to you. (laughs) So true. So true. (laughs) Oh, Shana, thank you so much for joining us today. That will do it for this episode of Think Tank of Three. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, send us a message at thinktankofthree at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Think Tank of Three wherever you listen to podcasts and connect with us online. We blog weekly at thinktankofthree.com. Follow us on social media. You can find us individually on LinkedIn and as Think Tank of Three on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Women, click to join our private group on Facebook where we can all share advice and articles. And if you liked what you heard in the podcast, share it. You can find Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, and SoundCloud.